You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello there, and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Thanks for tuning in. You know, this show is actually going to piggyback on a show that I did in episode 108 when I was talking about the hidden health risks of forever chemicals in the home, PFAS, P-F-A-S, PFAS. And I really got a lot of comments and questions more about forever chemicals and how can we have more practical and, you know, just tips and strategies on how to clear the toxins from our, our homes and our environment. So I am bringing on a um, an expert in this area. She's a non-toxic lifestyle expert. She is absolutely beautiful. Her name is Sophia Ruan Goucher, she said before the show, it rhymes with touche. So Goucher, <laughs> Sophia Ruan Goucher. So you won't forget that. But she is the author of A to Z of Detoxing, and she has a podcast called The Practical Non-Toxic Living. You know, toxins are such an issue that they are are causing disruption in our endocrine, dis- um, um, our endocrine system, disruption in our sleep. They're causing chronic illness and dis-ease in the body. They're causing infertility. They're causing so many things, uh, weight gain and brain fog that, I mean, the list goes on and on. So we need practical solutions, practical steps and tips to help us declutter the toxins from our home and our environment without being overwhelmed because there's so much. When you turn over any bottle of anything, you're probably seeing a list of of ingredients that you can't pronounce. And it's just overwhelming to even do the research to find out what do I need to get rid of. And so again, it's so great to have today on um, uh, Sophia on Visibly Fit, a non-toxic lifestyle expert on our show, but she actually um, created this book or wrote this book, A to Z of Detoxing, when she discovered that her children were really being subjected to so many toxins. And so she dug in deep and did the research herself. And so she has been, um, let's see, this book has been critically acclaimed to some of the world's leading physicians, actually, and researchers and professors as well as conscious consumers. So I know that is you, you are a conscious consumer, but she has been featured on popular platforms like the Dr. Oz Show, Mind Body Green, Today.com, Well Plus Good, and magazines like Health, Family, and Fast Company. Sophia serves as a member of the Well Plus Good Council and the Brown University School of Public Health Advisory Council. She is a preeminent expert on panels, events, podcasts, and radio shows. So um, again, I mentioned she has her own podcast called Practical Non-Toxic Living. So go give that a listen, but you are going to enjoy this episode. Welcome, Sophia Ruan Goucher to the Visibly Fit Podcast. What a joy and an honor to have you on this podcast. I just did a a podcast um, episode about 
toxins. And this is like perfect timing that we connected because you are an expert in this field. And I know my audience is just chomping at the bit to learn from you. So welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, this is so great. You have been on Dr. Oz and all kinds of places sharing your incredible expertise in this area. But before we even get to diving into all of that, I want to talk first about what even got you into wanting to dive in to learning about toxins. Let's hear your story and your background there first. Sure. It began in 2007. I was 34 years old, living in Manhattan, working my life away since I graduated from college, moved to the city, loving, working really hard. And by the time I had an infant, which was not a smooth process, it took my husband and I probably a year to get pregnant. So by the time I had an infant, I felt very removed from how do I take good care of this fragile, beautiful being that I appreciate even more because she didn't come easily. And so part of my evening ritual was reading a curated set of books and articles by various doctors to learn how to really appreciate my daughter's stage of life in that moment, in that week, and then try and lay out diet and her sleep schedule and just be really conscious for the nanny who would take care of her while I went to work the next day. And it was in this evening routine that I started to accidentally learn about toxic chemicals, heavy metals, and later radiation from what I buy, own, and do. And that was so upsetting that I was inadvertently posing health risks on my daughter from things I buy, things I wouldn't mind modifying at all. And it was especially alarming to learn while I had an infant. And many times I thought, I wish I knew this sooner. I wish I knew this before I got pregnant. And a mom shouldn't have to learn when she's already struggling with sleep deprivation and the stress of working and taking care of an infant. So eventually, after applying many years of my professional skill sets, which were in which was in distressed investing, I I couldn't help but apply these skill sets towards this area of the toxic exposures from our consumer products and how my professional skill sets were relevant is that I was used to diving into emergency situations with imperfect information to try and identify good information from bad, create a value creation strategy, and execute it. And I just intuitively applied that practice towards the science on the health risks posed from our consumer products and how they influence biological development. And of course, I was focused on what are the practical things I can do today? I can't change the laws within my daughter's like infancy and windows of vulnerability. And so after a few years of this, I felt like I need to share this with others. It's just not right that it was so hard for me to learn and it shouldn't be nearly as hard for other parents who would like to know. So that's how I got into it. 
That's so good. Yeah. Your tagline is non-toxic living made easy. And I think that's what most people are looking for. How do I make this easy? It seems so overwhelming. And so be it that your little one was the precursor or the culprit for unveiling your true gift and purpose or, or expanding on your gifts and your purpose to enlighten so many people with what's going on in the world and really just to have people's eyes opened, right? And to know that they can take action and make a difference in not just their own health, but the health of their family. And thank you. I just want to say personally, thank you, because that takes work. It takes a level of faith to step into that place of just wanting to dive in and say, I'm doing this for my baby girl and then my family ultimately. And then it absolutely helps so many because of your solid work there. Speaking of faith, this is a faith-based podcast. Most of my listeners are of the Christian faith, and I would love to just dive in and talk about your upbringing and your faith and where you are with that. It's exciting to talk about this. No one's ever asked me this before. <laughs> I was born in Taipei, Taiwan, but we moved to upstate New York when I was nine months old. And my father, who is a retired obstetrician gynecologist believes strongly that our life should serve others, or at least his life should serve others. And he was an elder in the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church. He helped found it. He donated a building to it eventually. He, because of his parents, I think, who also were very religious, just believed in giving back. And if you, the more you are blessed, the more you should give. And so I grew up with parents who were very focused on welcoming less privileged people and taking care of others. My father was very religious. I think my mom, I don't know that I would describe her as religious, but she definitely was a great partner to my father. And adopted that role. And then my, but I wasn't inspired much, to be honest, when I went to church every Sunday and I was forced to, and my father and I would have lots of sometimes arguments, but lots of conversation about why I, as a teenager, like that was a waste of my time to go. And it, I ended up reflecting on how valuable it was to be forced to go and to have those conversations about why my father thought it was so valuable to go to church. I ended up marrying a wonderful man whose father was, who's passed away. He was an Episcopal priest. He was dean of the cathedral at Hart in Hartford. And, and so my husband also grew up having to have church be a central part of his upbringing. And he has rejected it too. So it's interesting that the both of us have found each other. And I think that we are so influenced in the best ways by having had parents who were very involved in a church community and community in general. And are even though I would say, I really think it's important for our kids to go to church every Sunday. I know that we didn't love it, but I think it's really valuable. He would try in the beginning when our kids were really young, and I could see his physical aversion to being in church. But because of our children's school, which is Episcopal, 
I think he's gotten used to it and gotten over it. And so church and community are in our life through our children's school. But it's something I think about all the time because I don't know what makes the most sense for our family, but I feel like it is in our family and I've been very mindful of it. And I think faith is just invaluable no matter my, I'll say this, when my, I think this is so powerful. When my husband was asked to participate in his cousin's, the baptism of his cousin's son, my husband had a really hard time during the this ceremony and said to, had to say to his father, which was very hard for my husband to say to his father, who spent his whole life as a priest, my husband said, I, I don't believe in the words I'm about to say. And one thing my father-in-law said was, religions are all stories that help organize people's life. And I chose a story that helped me organize my life. We don't really know which story is true. Maybe they're all true. They're just different sides of the same thing. But I, when I heard that, I thought, that is so helpful for me. So good. First of all, thank you for being vulnerable and just sharing from your heart there, because I think that it opens the eyes or ears and eyes if someone's watching this episode to to the listener or viewer that um, there have been a lot of people that have been hurt or wounded in the church and it's caused a little uh, pushback. And it's interesting just to hear your you and your husband and where you are today. So I'm just going to be really I don't know you, but I'm going to be praying for you and your husband, that revelation would come and that you would uh, feel the love of Jesus. And anyway, I I thank you. Thank you for sharing because it's like real, like there's a lot of people just like you and your husband that are in a place of yes and no, and it's strong, it's good, it's good foundation, but we're here and there's just this conflict and yeah, just going to pray for you, but thanks for sharing. And I believe that God will lead you down the right path for sure. And I love that you've got your kids going to church and all of it will come to pass. I believe that. But thank you for sharing. But I love, too, that you are on a mission, just like your father, to to give back. And you're very intelligent and you're wanting to share all that you've learned about heavy metals and toxicity and to help people live a healthier, more clean life so that they don't have the burden of illness and disease and and, and squelch out their life that they're called to live. So let's dive into toxic chemicals because they are everywhere and people don't realize, like they think they're doing pretty good, but then you turn around, look on the back and you see all these lists of ingredients that you can't pronounce. Let's talk first about what are the most intrusive chemically laden products that people are using on a daily basis? And, and how can we do practical, simple things to shove those out and bring in new things? It is such an overwhelming topic. I recently was asked at a dinner, if you had to pick the number one worst chemical or toxic exposure, what would it be? And I said, it's so hard to answer because since World War II, there have been over 86,000 chemicals introduced into just American commerce. And heavy metals are more prevalent than ever because they're also in our consumer products, even though they're naturally occurring. And then we have the radiation from our technology. 
And I said, if I had to pick one, I would pick the radiation from our technologies because the chronic increasing exposure every year, which is 24-7, including in our sleep because we're just sleeping, bathing in a sea of radiation, scientists are studying how that can weaken our membranes. So if you are a heavy user of cell phone radiation, your blood-brain barrier, which works to protect your brain from toxic compounds in your blood, your blood-brain barrier is more likely to weaken and then more toxic compounds can penetrate the barrier and your brain is more vulnerable. Also, sperm quality, the, the membranes around the sperm that's been studied for DNA damage from laptop radiation and cell phone radiation from keeping cell phones in the pant pocket. And Breast cancer risk is, has been studied for women who tuck their cell phones into their sports bras during a workout. And the evidence is still developing for a lot of this. The, the sperm damage is really strong, the evidence on that. But as a mother of children, when you learn about the data that exists today, many will say, I'd rather be safe than sorry. I don't need to know anymore. What can I do? And so that's how I've been trying to help people because from my perspective, there are so many simple things people can do if they just understand a bit more about our exposures. So good. Yeah. I see moms with young babies and they have their cell phone right there by their baby's heads while they're doing Instagram or whatever they're doing. And I just cringe and I'm sure you do too. I'm not a perfectionist and I'm definitely got a lot of room to work on with my EMF exposure. So I'm not condemning anyone, but I see it with these little babies. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I already know this is not good for them. So what do you suggest for people that not just for their children, but for themselves to protect against these EMFs in a practical, simple way? And should become more aware of the sources of exposure, like your cell phone, your iPad, your laptop, your wireless mouse, your wireless keyboard, your desktop computer, maybe your speak wireless speakers, the like a game console with wireless technology. As you become more aware of all the things in your home and your everyday life, maybe it's in your workspace too, then you can and wonder when and how can I disable the wireless emissions when I don't need them? When there you're sleeping. When, when you're sleeping, it's a third <laughs> so you of can life. sleep. <laughs> yeah, so that it's been studied whether cell phone radiation during your sleep undermines your quality of sleep. And there's evidence that it does. I'm sure more studies can be done to, to study that further, but there are studies showing it undermines your ability to go into a deeper sleep. So just clearing, having an evening routine where you can have a, even a bedtime routine for your technology and create a technology home, which can be a technology charging station that is away from the bedrooms is a really healthy goal to work on. I've been working on it for over 10 years. It's still a goal because if you have children, 
they are changing all the time. So you're dealing with new personalities as they evolve and we all forget. So I focus on healthy habits in the evening and it's still something I battle all the time. But I like to have the, I'm grateful to have the dialogue with my children so that when they leave the home, hopefully they'll hear my voice in their head and just be aware that I, mom doesn't like the laptop on my body when I'm working on it. Can she, I'm always asking, can you use that like laptop desk that you can use on your bed just to create some more distance because the radiation weakens with distance. That's good. That's good. And I think if we could physically see with our eyes what's going on with all the airwaves and the radiation, it would be just mind blowing for all of us, right? If, if we, it's like turning on a, a, a black light and you can see all kinds of things in a room, right? If we could see that, I think it would uh, cause us to, to take better action, but we can't really see it. So a lot of people don't really, I don't believe, I, I don't know that they really believe it's there. So talk to that person for a minute. You can go to YouTube. It's I have images of this at my Detox Academy, but go to YouTube and type in NASA and probably radiation. They NASA has a video that was so helpful for me because it came from NASA and it shows electromagnetic waves from in a living room or a family room coming from the TV, the remote control, the speakers. So there are images online from credible sources. Another great resource is the Environmental Health Trust founded by Dr. Deborah Davis, who is an amazing pioneering scientist who is one among a few who um, is such a, a pioneer in studying how the electromagnetic fields affect biology. She and others sued the FCC for ignoring hundreds of peer-reviewed evidence on how current wireless emissions affect our biology because the standards set by the FCC are 27 years old. Wow. Yeah, and the iPhone for, for just modern came technology. Out. Yeah, how can you the iPhone came out in 2007. Yeah. Now imagine all the appliances and technologies that were invented to connect with the iPhone. And as the standards were assuming that these technologies are not on our body, but the reality is we now have fitness devices we wear all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was helpful to understand how other countries and different governments, even in the U.S., like in California, and Maine and Connecticut, how other authoritative agencies have responded to the science because that helped give perspective. It, the responses have varied greatly. So recently, France has halted the sale of iPhone 12 because the wireless wire the absorption of wireless emissions is too high, and so they gave Apple two weeks to adjust its software to reduce the wireless emissions. And otherwise, they're going to demand a recall of iPhone 12. Wow. So like this those. is only in that country, not here? 
in the U.S.? Only in France. Of but course, that... like, like foods and chemicals and foods in other countries exactly. versus the U.S. Exactly. And that prompted other countries, including Belgium, the Netherlands, and Spain, to investigate further. And so I read reports that, and I'm actually going to talk to an ex-telecom engineer about what this means for Americans, but like the 5G, like at every corner, pretty much they're, they're yeah. putting in. So how do you even avoid it? We can't walk around in a bubble. We cannot avoid it, but we can reduce our exposures. And if you focus on your habits in your home, those are chronic sources of exposure. Even if you just yeah. focus on your sleep time, that's a third of your life, hopefully. So and then there are other I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you putting all of your devices in one room? Like, what do you do? What is Sophia the expert? What do you do? So I keep all my devices in my office, my home office. I cannot, I'm very, I'm embarrassed to say, but I cannot avoid having my cell phone on my nightstand. But I use airplane mode yeah. to disable Wi-Fi, cellular, and Bluetooth. And I always check to make sure those three are off because software updates will change that. And I'm always, I'm still trying to teach my family members this simple thing. But when you have children and there may be an emergency and they need to call you, what do you do? Do we go, go back to landlines? Seriously, it's one of those interesting thoughts. Right? I do have a landline. Yeah. Uh, hasn't been working for a while, but they also know my, my husband is accessible a lot more than I because of his work. And so I'll call him. They find their way. And part of my thinking is before the iPhone was invented, we figured it out. Those kids, right? <laughs> Be home before the sun goes down. <laughs> How are yeah, we yeah, depriving yeah. the development of our children by not? giving them the chance to, rather than Rude. rely on their technology, if yeah. they're out walking, I live in New York City, if they get lost, like they need to develop some common sense on how to figure Amen. out. Amen. To... Come on, Sophia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if they're young, it's di different, but they shouldn't right. have a phone if they're really young. That's... But but they're, my kids are teenagers now. And even if they're driving, I often think, how would I, remember the old days? It's when navigation meant you had to look at a map or oh, yeah. stop and ask MapQuest or MapsGo, and you'd have to print out where you were headed in order to map it all out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good for us to get to good know our brain. And yeah, yeah, no, that's people. good. That's so good. Definitely EMFs. Okay, that's a big one. So I was shocked that you said that because I'm thinking you were going to talk about a certain product in the house. So since we've got EMFs out of the way, what's the other, what's the, a, a chemical that is just something you're seeing that's, this is heavily causing issues from cognitive decline to dis-ease in the body that people are using on a nonstop basis in their home? I'll point out an ingredient, which okay. is fragrance. That's good. <laughs> and what yeah. it's used for. Okay. Fragrance is used in a shocking number and breadth of products product types. Yeah. And it can contain up to hundreds of unique ingredients, most of which have not been studied to be safe for human health. But the few studies that have been done have found alarming results. 
ingredients can contribute to cancer, neurotoxicity, reproductive toxicity, immune toxicity, endocrine, endocrine disruption, disruption. Yep. birth defects, <laughs> really everything. And part of it's so hard to talk about, well, what are the health risks when it's there's such a cascade of biological effects? And I think one thing that makes intuitive sense is to think of how endocrine disrupting chemicals can participate in our body. Endocrines or our endocrine system produces and regulates the messaging of hormones in our body. So starting from in the womb, in utero, hormones are guiding the development of all our organs, our biological foundation. And that's why there's been more and more study on the, the fetal origins of adult onset diseases. Science is finding that our prenatal exposures can predispose us to health issues later on in life. It's that epigenetics, basically. Based yes, on what and that epigenetics throughout our whole life influences us. And that's the study of how non-genetic factors like nutrition, stress, exercise, and a lot of other toxic exposures, how they can turn genes on and off. It all matters. And nothing, I, I don't want to say nothing. There are never any apps. There are no absolute statements that are, I, I want, I shouldn't even say that, but generally absolute statements are not true. But of course, there's some outcomes that are genetically predetermined, but many things are not. And I just want people to realize it's most of the time, it's not too late to feel better. That's so good. That's so good. So you want to offer people hope. And that's what we want to do here on this podcast as well, is give people hope that, yes, it seems overwhelming in the beginning as you look at decluttering the toxins from your home. But if you just start with one area, starting with EMFs, that's a great place to start. And then the next area would be getting rid of products that have any kind of fragrance in them from any kind of cosmetics to laundry detergents to whatever. And of course, I would touch on foods, right? The standard American diet and the chemicals found in so many of the standard American diet options that people are consuming that are not food, in my opinion. Actually, it's not even an opinion. It's not food. <laughs> um, diet is such a huge topic. Oh, gosh, it's huge. And I think one thing I'll add to the conversation about food is not even in terms of ingredients, but just thinking about what touches your food. So if you can reduce the use or contact with plastic, then that can reduce your exposures to endocrine disrupting chemicals. So starting with water bottles, if you can just use stainless steel or glass water bottles more often, not even all the time, but more often, then over your lifetime, you're reducing your exposures to endocrine disrupting chemicals. And then with food storage containers, the more you can avoid plastic and use glass or stainless steel, then the more you're reducing your lifelong exposures too. So making those things a habit can good. make a big difference over your lifetime. That's but it's so especially good. important if you are pregnant, nursing, or looking forward to getting pregnant because 
Ideally, we would detox months or at least a year before trying to conceive. That's so good. Yeah. And if you are using a microwave, not my idea, but I do use it on occasion. But if you are using a microwave, whatever you do, please don't ever put plastics in the microwave with your food. That's another thing as well. But anyway, all you're saying is just practical things. And for the perfectionist out there listening, don't get so hung up on it has to be perfect. Those small changes can equate to a lot down the road. So I, I love what you're saying. I love what you're teaching. Your book is called A to Z of Detoxing right there behind you. That's the cover of it. That's a cool looking cover. And you also have a 40-day home detox on your website and it's ruanliving.com. So I'll put that in the show notes as well, because I want people to go there to find out how can they pick and choose what might be best for them and their needs in their in this season of their life. But your book especially just gives practical tips and strategies, and that's what people need. Is there anything that you would share regarding, maybe not our home, but this is an interesting one, but how about your car, your vehicle? I know so many people, you talked about fragrance. So many people are getting their car washed and they're like, I want the new car scent. And I'm like, oh no, please don't put that in your car. Uh, let's talk a little bit about detoxing your car, because that's an environment that a lot of people are in before and after work, or, or maybe they're in sales and they're in the car a lot, going from client to client. Share a little bit about that. That's a great question. Something I notice a lot in taxis and Ubers in the city is that a lot of drivers have air fresheners in the car, and that's a strong source of fragrance ingredients. So if you can be mindful of any deodorizing product, any product like an air freshener, just be mindful that those ingredients may disrupt your biology. And so that's a hugely impactful way to detox your car by not having those products in the car. Another thing that stands out is also the radiation. Oftentimes, because why not? People in the car are on their cell phones being productive. But keeping in mind that radiation within a metal container, which is a car, can cause the radiation to bounce off of the metal surface areas, which can, according to some EMF professionals, that can create more chaos for your biology, and that chaos is a different kind of stress. And so it's, and also as you're driving, the cell phone works harder to connect with the cell towers, so the radiation can be stronger. So I try and teach my children and my husband to definitely have wireless devices on airplane mode in the car and to download music and other things they might want to access in the car, but download it before we're in the car. Absolutely. So that's one practical tip where they can enjoy their device in the car, but reduce everybody's exposure. Yeah, that's so good. And same goes for uh, being on an airplane. I think of all the people that are trying to get a signal on the airplane and it's almost like you can feel it. If you're sensitive enough, I'm fairly sensitive and I can feel just a difference when you're up there with all the different people trying to get their Wi-Fi going. But there's, they're all trying to log in at the same time. You just feel um, know, a little more lethargic. I do. I feel like it's a kryptonite, if you will. <laughs> I, feel you down. A, I feel a 
pressure yeah. from yeah. so many different ways. It feels very burdensome. And so something I've come to appreciate is just thinking about after I've had an exposure, like I've been traveling on a plane and going through airport security, it exposes you to to radiation, but staying, being so close to the sun also, not even the technology, just being closer to the sun is more radiation. How can you then uh, nourish or unburden your body more after? And so there isn't strong science on this, but I've talked to enough people that now I try really hard to do detox baths after a plane ride. So a bath full like of- Epsom salts or what? Yes. Yeah. Okay or baking soda, apple cider vinegar, but just a way to unburden your body as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that's good. Uh, yeah. I, I think all of this is very practical and things that people can start thinking about and doing more research on. And I, again, I invite people to go to your website. I'll put it in the show notes, but you are just so lovely. I appreciate you taking you. the time with us today and just sharing what's on your heart. And if you're listening, make sure you definitely go and get A to Z of detoxing by the beautiful Sophia, because it's going to give you lots of practical tips and strategies and ways that you can detoxify your home and environment. So thank you so much for being on Visibly Fit. And those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time, but I'll put all the information in the show notes, but God bless and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.